something that Christians have a problem with. What? Pastor? Christians have problems? Oh, yes, we have problems. <sighs> Sometimes I almost had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had a problem. I was, I was sharing with Karen this morning. I all the stuff that's been going on these last few months with Virginia and this week, and you know, I said it was it was in the evening, and I sat down in my chair that I I like so much. I don't know why. <laughs> This chair, I bought an ottoman for because I could put my feet up. And I just sat there and went, ah. You ever have those just like, I think I can rest now. And I'm sitting there and I got my arms up on the little arm of the thing, just relaxing. And all of a sudden I went, I didn't file my homestead exemption. I think I missed it. So I get out the laptop and I open it up and I start, you know, Google those things. You can Google anything. Praise God. And it popped up. I still had another day. You see how Jesus works. So I went online and I commenced to filling out all the paperwork and and it just so happened that I kept my boat from all this stuff so I was able to enter in all the information they needed and I hit send and it wouldn't go. <laughs> oh, that's what must have did something wrong. So I shut it down and I started all over. Got done, send. And it didn't go. I couldn't figure it out. So I tried it like six or seven times. It wouldn't go. Okay, I'm looking at the cloud. Okay, I got a few minutes. I'm sure that they close at five and it's like 4.48 or something like that. So I called them. I'm thinking they're not gonna answer the phone because it's too close to closing time. Nobody wants to answer the phone 15 minutes prior to closing time because you got people who are going to ask 100 questions and it's going to run over on your time. Right. One ring and the young lady picked up the phone. I was shocked. I thought, well, this must be my lucky day. So I commenced to telling the girl my problem. Christians don't have problems. So I commenced to telling her the situation, and she said, yeah, she said, we're getting close to the deadline, you only have another day, and, and because of that, everybody's trying to do it, and so the, it's all backed up, and so it keeps kicking you out. I'm like, wonderful. You can try again in the morning. Or you could come to the government complex, and you can do it here. But mind you, there will probably be a lot of people because it's going to be the day of. She said, but I'll tell you what, because I explained to her our situation. She said, she said, 
be here by 4 o'clock on the 28th, and I'll help you. I'm thinking, 4 o'clock on the 28th, that's the last day. I'm going to go in there and there's going to be a mob full of people. They're not even going to let me in. But I got there at 4 o'clock, a couple minutes after, because I'm never on time. <laughs> so I get there a couple minutes after, and I go in, and there's nobody sitting in the lobby. I go in, and there's probably four people at the counter. All of them have help. So I said, well, I guess I'll just sit down here. So just as I'm getting ready to sit, I'm in the, getting into the sitting motion, getting ready to grab the chair, and the girl comes up, can I help you? And I say, I'm looking for, and I gave the girl's name, and she said, oh, that's me. She said, Mr. Murphy, come on over here. She remembered my name. So she goes over there. She starts doing her little things with her little fingers. And poof, it was done. I said, now this counts for next year, right? And she said, no, this counts for this year. I was even happier. <laughs> she said, well, the good news is, and she said, there is good news in all of this. And I said, there is. Well, I got to pay taxes. How's that good news? She said, you don't have to come back here ever again and do this because we'll send you a card and it'll renew every year. I like, oh, that is good news. I don't have to come back. She said, unless, of course, you make some changes, and then you'll have to come back. I said, I'm not going to make any changes. Well, no, I mean, just like if you should get a divorce or you should... Your wife, your spouse should die, or you should die, your wife would have to go. I'm like, well, the divorce is out of the option. And she said, oh, you already are? <laughs> Great. I said, no, ma'am, I'm still married to my first wife. I said, we're married 37 years. I said, I can't start over. She said, why not? I said, I'm too old. I said, I love the first one I have. And she said, oh, that's really nice. She said, what's the secret? I said, I've noticed you have an engagement ring on. I said, are you you're getting married, I assume? And she said, yes, we're getting married next year. She said, 37 years is a long time. She says, uh, how do you do it? I said, I listened to her well. <laughs> Whatever she says, I do. I said, but the most important thing is, we keep God first. Mm -hmm. And it was, oh, no excitement in her voice, just, oh. But that's how it works. The problems Christians have is this. We have a problem overcoming. Turn with me, if you will, if you have your Bibles, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. And listen to what John says here. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is what? In you than he that is in the world. 
You see, this powerful, liberating reminder from John tells us to... I should say reminds us not to be frightened by the wickedness and the hostility of all the things that we see around us. You see, believers, believe it or not, believers are equipped to win. There is no believer on the face of the earth that God has created to cause you to fail. He's not set you up for failure. He's only set you up for success and to win. We have all the divine resources for the battles that we face in our life. And if you have your word of God with you in your hand or your phone that has the Bible in it, you have the equipment that God has given you to succeed in life, to win every battle that you should face. There really is victory in Jesus. We sing that song sometimes, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with what? His redeeming blood. We're reminded in that song that we have victory in Jesus Christ. And that victory comes to each person. But now let's look at something else. You see, church, we need to know that we are facing three powerful enemies. Spiritual adversaries, recurring anxieties, and allurements of the world. These three things, church, kind of circumvent and try to wean themselves into our lives and, and, and cause us to fail. But, but listen, born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are equipped to overcome. We can overcome these things. We can overcome our adversity, our, our adversaries. Matter of fact, in John 4, 4, he tells us this. Our spiritual adversaries are always active, speaking through false prophets, the spirit of the Antichrist, all these things that, that try to trick us up or try to cause us to fall. You see, we need to know that our adversaries are deceptive and powerful. Every time you say, the devil made me do it, guess what you're doing? You're giving allegiance to the devil. You're, you're giving him a foothold in your life when you say, the devil made me do it. Matter of fact, in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 10, 11, and 12, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and powerful of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and the blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of this dark world. You see, there's a spiritual wickedness. And we have to fight against that every day. The wiles of the devil. We've got to put on the, the full armor of God to stand against it. You just can't leave out a few of those priceless pieces of armor and expect to go through the world victoriously. Because then you're leaving room for the enemy to, to try to come in and get it and, and take part and take root of, of in your life. And the principalities and the powers. That those things that we fight against daily. 
Church, we, we have to stand against the enemy. You have to take hold and you have to get into the Word of God. You have to understand that those things that we fight against, Jesus is helping us through. I heard a song this morning as I was driving. And it was talking, and you probably know the song, God of the Mountain. And he talked about how our faith is so strong and how how great our faith is when we're at the top of the mountain and we're, we're living free. We're not, we're not having to fight the adversities of the world and, and, the, and the things that the devil throws at us. And when we're, when we're high up there, we're, we're like, we're great because everything is going so well. But as soon as you get down in that valley and your faith starts to be tested, that's when we start caving. That's when we start worrying. You see, we can overcome these powerful adversaries. Because the word reminds us, greater is he that it is in us than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit is the one who is in us. The believer's body is God's temple. I remind people all the time, and it says here that we know. Know ye that not your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have God, and are not of your own. See, you're, you're not of your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, therefore, glorify God in your body. And in your spirit, which is God's. You see, so many times we we don't press in on that. We don't press in and think about what God is doing in our life. You see, apparently the church has been quoting and misapplying the words. You see. A lot of times we have to remember that, that Christ in us can do all things. Even when we're sick, He still can do all things. Why? Because we expect. We expect the Holy Spirit to show up. Amen? When you go through trials and situations, do you expect God to show up? Do you expect God to bring you through and out of that valley that you're going through sometimes in your life? Sometimes we get down in that valley and it's like a rut and we get stuck. Well, I guess this is my lot in life. I guess I'm just going to be sick my whole life. I just guess I, I just might as well give up. Might as well just go ahead and call the funeral home. Call Dorsey over there and see what kind of box they got for me. I guess I might as well just go live on the street because I don't have enough money to make ends meet. I guess I'm just going to live alone because my children don't speak to me much. You see, we can get ourselves in those ruts. We can get ourselves down in those valleys and we can 
had those pity parties and stayed stuck. But the Word of God has equipped us to overcome those things. He has brought to us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's brought you out of the miry clay. When you begin to think of where God has brought you from and where you are today, some people say, well, you know, when I got saved, I was great and, and I've been living a good life and I've been healthy and I've been all these things. But soon as sickness attacks you, oh, I guess God has forsaken me. You know, the promise of God's word is he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What he's saying is, I will never abandon you in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of your sickness. I won't abandon you. Every time, sometimes when I come to church, I'm like, God, we're just going to have the same people. I want to see new people. But you know what God reminds me of? It's not how big it is. He says, I will supply the hearers. What God reminds me of is he says, who you have is what I want you to have. This is this is the this is the fold I want you to deal with for now. And I have to be faithful and just and I have to stay on track with that. God has given me an awesome opportunity and ability to go out and to have another job that I can go and witness to people all around the county. How many of us have that opportunity? How many of us have that privilege? I mean I think just about every vendor we have now that I go to, they know I'm a pastor. And it amazes me when I pull up. Pastor, can you? And I, we were talking about this this morning. And I know y'all are guilty of this. Because <laughs> I've been guilty of it. You see somebody and they'll say, hey, when you go to church Sunday, will you... Will you pray for me or pray for this situation? You're like, okay, sure, I'll I'll make a note of it and I'll make sure I tell Pat. What's wrong with you praying right then? How come we don't say, you know what, let's pray right now? How come we don't do that? We say, we we take the request and we say, okay, I'll give it to the Pastor on Sunday so he'll remember to pray for you. How come we aren't praying for them right now? When somebody says to you, can you pray for me? Or can you have your pastor pray for me? You should be taking the opportunity right that I'd love it when we're in we talk about it because we're talking about evangelism. Pray right then. If they'll let you hold their hand, hold their hand. If they won't, just pray for them right now in Jesus' name. Because he says greater things you will do than he has done. He showed the disciples that when he sent them out two by two that they would do great miracles. In their, in, their, in their surroundings without him being in their presence. But he was always with them. You see, people aren't healed because you touch them. People aren't healed because you prayed for them. People are healed because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he can do. I believe that God has great things in store for Victory Fellowship. When? I don't know. I don't see the big picture. He doesn't, he doesn't give me that big screen movie inside look. But I know what he's told me. And I know what he's promised me. And I have to stay to that. I've had many pastor friends who have told me 
about not being so strict with the word. Lighten up and, and, and be a little softer with it. And you'll be surprised how quick your church will grow. I said, well, then I guess we'll stay forever small. I said, because I don't know how to preach any other way. I don't know how to lighten up the word. How do I, well, how do I fluff it up? You see, overcoming our anxieties is very important. We live in a world today where people are full of anxieties. They're full of concerns, inflation, interest rates are going up, food prices are through the roof. If you have chickens, you're holding a gold mine. $5.49 for a dozen eggs. That must be out of my mind. There is no fear in love. Responding to God's love brings faith. Faith and fear are opposites, just like oil and water. Oil and water don't mix, guess what? Fear and faith don't mix. Perfect love casts our casts out our fear. Perfect love casts out our fear. Knowing that we are loved makes us unafraid. Knowing that he that is in you is greater than the world, that should dispel the fears that you have. This perfect love even brought Jesus to the cross. And so many times we just, we get hung up with fear. What does fear bring us, actually? Have you ever thought about it? What does fear bring us but torment? You know what really gets people? What if? I don't want to go to the doctor because what if? What if he says this? What if he, so what if he says? Have we not a greater creator than, than the doctor? Now, listen, I don't dis, discount doctors. God has given them to us for a purpose. Because if he hadn't given them to us in 2015, my wife would have been putting me in the ground. When I had my little widow make her heart attack because I was being stubborn. Having a heart attack on Saturday mowing the yard. So the yard's got to be cut first. If the yard cut. Oh, we had to have a garage sale. So we did the garage sale first. Sunday morning I get up. I'm sweating. I had taken a shower. I got out of the shower sweating profusely. My wife said, oh no, we're going to the hospital. I said, well, you know what? Let me go give the message first, and then we'll go to the hospital. She said, no, that's not what we're doing. And she made me go to the hospital. And the doctor assured me, had I come to church and gave the message, it would have been the last message I gave. Now that's scary. 
and I have to look at my wife and say, see, you were right again. <laughs> She's always right. <laughs> you know why I did that, don't you? <laughs> She's watching. <laughs> but you know what I love about God's love? God's love is perfect. And it brings tranquility. Stop being tormented by fear. We overcome fear by resting in God's perfect love. No matter what you're facing, no matter what trials you may be going through, no matter what situations you may be having, by resting in the love of Jesus Christ, you have that perfect peace. <coughs> We're born again through faith in Christ. That new birth equips us to overcome. The world holds many allurements. And we're reminded of that in 2.16. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. These are things that, that the world tries to pull you away with. Church, we gotta, we, we, we've got to take a step back sometimes. And we've got to look at what Jesus is doing in our life. And we've got to make sure that we're in alignment with God's Word. We've got to make sure those things that we're doing in life line up with God's Word. Sometimes we find ourselves in trouble because we just want to help. <coughs> and we think we're doing the right thing. Matter of fact, we feel like we're doing the right thing. But it's not always doing the right thing. Sometimes we have to listen. You know, I believe that there's still that still small voice that God speaks to our hearts with, that he talks to us through with his voice. And, and, he, and he lets that little still small Sometimes we're just so compassionate. And we love to help. How many in here just love to help other people? Uh-oh. Okay, there's a few of you like to help other people. Okay, okay. Glad to know there's so few of you out there. Smiley? Hand up there? No? no? Okay, there it is. Getting concerned there. I thought no more empanadas for me. Uh -oh. <laughs> Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ helps you to overcome the world. There are rewards for overcomers. Matter of fact, Revelation is filled with them. Matter of fact, in Revelation 2, 11, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt for the second death. It's a promise for overcomers. Revelation 2.26 He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. Matter of 
Him that overcometh will make a pillar in the temple of God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of whom my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. <clears throat> Revelations 3.12 You see, church, we've been given promises. We've been given rewards for overcoming. You see, God doesn't want us to walk as defeated, beat-down Christians. He wants us to live a victorious life in Him, moving forward, going on with life, not letting the hindrances of the world hold you back. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Revelation 3.21 You see, there's a call to commitment for those who long to overcome. You see, church, many things can distract us in this world. Many things can cause us to stumble and fall. But you know what? When we keep our eye on the focus, we keep our eye on the prize, you don't lose out. You don't lose out. You see, there's a great thing in the Word of God, and there's a great thing here to, to all believers. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And because of Him... You can overcome any obstacle that comes your way. That tries to ruffle your feathers, so to speak. And I know about ruffled feathers. Sometimes I don't like how they get ruffled. Because when our feathers get ruffled, we try to straighten them out by ourselves. But if we allow God to do the straightening out, those feathers will just lay back down nice. It's amazing to me how God has anointed each and every person to hear his word. It amazes me how God anoints the hearts of men to receive all that he has for them. There's no one, no one, no one in this world that God loves more than he loves you. And because of that, he's equipped you to overcome. He's equipped you to win. So if you get up in the morning and you feel bad, or you're feeling upset about something that's going wrong in your life and everything's not perfect, just remember this. Remember only this one thing. There's no one that God loves more than you. So much so that he gave his life for you. He died for you. He suffered for you. He sacrificed for you. He took his stripes on his back for your heel. Things don't look so bleak now, do they? When you begin to think of life that way. 
when you begin to think about all that God has done just for you. That should make you sing with joy. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord God, this morning that, that we have your word. Lord, I thank you that we're able to overcome through the blood of the Lamb. That we're able to come through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray this morning that all those who are watching, all those, Father, who are here, Father, let them begin to reflect on the promises of the Lord. Lord, never let us forget. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us to overcome. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for these things that we ask this morning in Jesus' name. And all of God's children say, Amen. 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 Amen.